Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell Podcast. So today is going to be part two of Autism and Friendships, though, as I've been going over the list, I really feel like I should expand this to neurodivergence and friendships, because I think that people with ADHD, people with OCD, people who have disassociative identity disorder, people who are bipolar, and other conditions that I'm not aware of, because I'm not a health mental health expert, but I'm sure that some of these might apply to people with other, you know, conditions or disabilities or illnesses, not just those who are on the autism spectrum. So I, I guess I kind of just wanted to give that disclaimer. I didn't want anyone to feel like as they were listening to this, that I was gatekeeping and giving the impression that this is only for people who are autistic. I don't believe that's the, like, the case, actually. So in the last episode, we went through uh, reasons one through five. And so today we're going to go through reasons six through ten. So, oh, also... <laughs> I hate it when I do this. I should probably just cut this out. But... I forgot the one I also am aware of is anyone who has dealt with trauma, whether childhood trauma or even a severe traumatic event in their adulthoods or PTSD or other examples of situations where this might apply. Okay, anyway, uh, so number six, we may latch on to previous negative experiences and expect the same thing to happen in every friendship. Our life of systems and routines may cause us to respond to a bad friendship experience by creating a protocol that prevents us from that ever happening again. The problem with this is it can have a negative effect on future relationships. I have had to work very hard to let go of the past and to give new friends a chance to be my friend and to prove themselves as my friend without assuming that they will do the same things that the last friend did that hurt me or upset me. And this is a, a great example of why I realized I needed to expand who these who these apply to because someone who is dealing with trauma would definitely have a risk of responding to this from what little research I have personally done. And somebody who has any sort of otherness, to be honest with you, if they've had a bad experience by revealing their otherness to someone else, that could cause them to be more afraid to do so to anyone else in the future. Number seven, disclosing our autism or mental health diagnosis or our otherness to new friends can be a hard decision to make. There are many advantages and disadvantages of disclosing our truth to people, including those you want to be friends with. Some people just hear the word autism and associate this with a disabling condition. They may not look beyond the label and explore the many strengths of the person with autism. This can make it hard for people who make friends as they may not be open-minded or understanding. On the other hand, if two people get on very well, they may have an in-depth understanding of the condition and this would give people a chance to reveal their true colors. It is incredibly frustrating and upsetting if a friendship breaks down because of autism being disclosed, but this can often mean the other person isn't worth your time or effort. Personally, I like to bring it up right away because I can discover if the friendship is going to go anywhere or not. 
Based on their reaction, I can sort them as a future close friend and acquaintance, which is perfectly fine, by the way. Nothing wrong with a casual friendship that only goes so far. Or someone I can plan to avoid in the future. Again, not really a bad thing. If I'm going to be let down by someone, I prefer for it to be in the beginning of a, of a relationship or friendship before I get my feelings involved. And again, you see why I said this applies to many other um, life situations and mental health conditions, because again, that completely, that totally applies. Number eight, we may appear to be too over-friendly. When I decide I like someone, I really like them. And that can lead to me being a bit much the next time I see them. It can be difficult to understand other people's perceptions of situations. Therefore, what I feel is appropriate may be considered as socially unacceptable. This misunderstanding can lead to a difficulty in establishing and maintaining friendships. For this reason, I tend to hold back all strong emotions when out in public, because I know that I can go from being loud and exuberant to being withdrawn or even obnoxious if I'm overstimulated. I know I can be too much, so I try to control how much of myself I let out. The problem with this is that I can often appear stuck up, boring, fake, etc. It's also exhausting. So sometimes the idea of attending a social situation where I feel obligated to turn myself down, if you will, for fear of being annoying or disliked is just not worth it. Like I mentioned in the last episode, I already have to do this for work, which again is totally fine. We can't just be our crazy selves in the workplace. It is a professional environment. So I'm not saying that as a negative thing about doing it at work. I totally support you know, that I can't just go all crazy when I'm at work. We all have to have show restraint in professional environments. I lost my place. Oh, here we go. I already have to do this for work, and sometimes I just want to be myself. I really want to quit worrying about this, but to be honest, it has become so natural for me to do this that I now have to make a conscious effort to stop being less than my full self. Reason number nine, we may struggle to understand our own emotions, for example, anxiety relating to friendship or even jealousy. Autistic people can be very sensitive to other people's thoughts. We can also find it hard to understand the stages of friendships, which can lead to confused emotions. We can struggle with anxiety about not knowing what to say in conversations or the stress of constantly trying to keep a conversation going or worrying during the entire social interaction if we are saying the right things, or what the other person is thinking about us. Then, after the social interaction is over, we may spend the rest of the day, or week, performing a mental autopsy of the interaction to uncover anything we did wrong, and condemning ourselves for any discovered social mistakes made. This anxiety can lead to an avoidance of social situations, causing us to be socially isolated, with limited opportunities to make new friends. And finally, number 10. There is a constant expectation to maintain the friendship. Keeping in contact with friends can be difficult because people on this autism spectrum may not know how often to contact their friend and may become upset and disappointed if their friend doesn't reply for whatever reason within a certain amount of time. 
This may cause overwhelming anxiety and frustration. They may also worry if their friend doesn't message them very often because they may think that they are purposely distancing themselves. And this goes back to that, relating it to a previous um, friendship or relationship. If someone in the past has done that to me, I'm more likely to assume when it happens again that it's for the same reason. That being said, I struggle with this a lot. Most of my friends do not reply to texts quickly, not because they don't like me or anything like that, but it does cause me to feel like I am bothering them or that they don't really like me because they take forever to get back to me. Because they do not share all of my interests, I tend to engage in my favorite activities alone. When I do try to get them to join me in the things I like to do, it just never seems to work out. We might do it once, but it won't happen again, usually. And this has led to the belief that adult friends are not people you do important things with. Um, and not, I, I should, when I say adult friends, I just mean like as an adult, it seems that I have this idea now in my head that when you're an adult, the friends you make are often not the people that you do the important things with. If I work on a story or write poetry or go to a fencing club or make videos, take pictures, draw, watch YouTube, rewatch Deadpool, watch Deadpool again, watch Deadpool for the 12th time, design t-shirt graphics, go thrifting, take a ballet class, make TikToks, or nearly any other of my interests, I do those alone. Maybe sometimes with my kids. Because... They're not really the things that the people in my social circles are interested in doing, like I am, or because of family and children and jobs, it's just way too much work to try to coordinate time to do those activities. And I should say that none of these concerns mean that autistic people are not able to make friendships. I have friends. I even have close friends. And nor do I let any of these reasons keep me from trying to make friends. Yes, there are days when it is discouraging, but knowing what the issues are helps me to know what I need to work on. Often when we look at our problems, we can fall into the trap of feeling like we cannot overcome the issues that plague our lives. But in reality, these problems are just things we need to acknowledge and work on. Autistic people and those with any other mental health conditions or illnesses um, or trauma backgrounds can and do make friends and while our specific condition collection sorry while our specific collection of problems might be unique to our neurotype or our situation the truth is that friendship can be hard for everyone and we all have to put the work in to have meaningful relationships in our lives all right, friends, I hope this was helpful. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You could find me on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok at Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. Please, please reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what other topics you might like for me to cover in the future. All right, friends, it's time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers.